Hello and welcome back to Running the Table, a podcast all about running and playing tabletop role-playing games. As always, I'd like to thank those of you who are listening to this, and if you have subscribed, I'd like to thank you as well. Uh, if you have any questions that you would like addressed or discussed on the show, please send them in to me at rttpodcast at gmail.com or send them to me on Twitter where I am at running the table. Uh, and as always, any suggestions, any comments, any stories you'd like read, or any questions are welcome. Okay, let's get right into the meat of today's topic. Today, we're diving a little bit more into the how of managing innovation, creativity, and playstyles. Specifically, playstyles around what is and is not acceptable innovation or deviation from a quote-unquote norm. One of the things that I have seen from a lot of players is a desire to have unique solutions or ways of addressing problems that are frequently occurring in the campaign. And this can be anything like from our story from last episode, which, great story if you have not listened to it. There are actually three, but the one that I'm referencing is where they decide to just space people at every opportunity. This is in a Traveler RPG game uh, where they are in space, in charge of a large spacecraft, and whenever, you know, people are just raiding and getting in the way of their uh, cargo bay, why not just open the airlock and space them? It's that simple. And sure enough, that's a creative way of solving these problems and something that I find a lot of players want to aspire to. So how could you as a player bring some of your own unique, quirky, or innovative solutions to problems to bear in the campaign that you're playing? It's not really about the innovation itself, but about coming up with something that makes sense for your character and doesn't get too much in the way of the game itself. Now, if your character is in space and kind of lazy when it comes to fighting, but really good with technology, airlock is a great way to go. Or weapons failure, or systems issues. You want to sneak around a spaceship? Well, maybe you'd know just the way to turn off all the lights. Hey, great. Good idea. Now, that's just how you could handle it in space, and that's just an idea. But again, it is all about what your character would do. Having a character that is not necessarily clever or is not intelligent come up with a logic puzzle-style solution to combat problems doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But if that same character is super dexterous or super strong, maybe their solution to locked doors is something like, hey, they're super dexterous, they know how to pick them. Hey, they're super strong, they can just break off any handle. Why not? Uh, one of the ways that I have seen this come to bear, speaking of doors, is actually just somebody that was really, really aware. So they had really, this was D&D, they had really high perception and pretty good insight. So... Their solution to locked doors, they weren't dexterous enough to pick them open. They weren't strong enough to kick them down, and they definitely weren't charismatic enough to persuade the people inside to open it. 
But they were aware enough to know when a door swung out versus in and how to take those hinges off. Simple as that. They didn't need to bust the door down with brute strength. Just pop, pop, pop. Off goes the three hinges. Push the door over. They're in. And that actually came to play several times to the point where rather than just having them ask, does the door open out or in, I would just have them roll a perception check as soon as they got there and just be like, you can tell that this door definitely swings outward. Now, the balance here as a DM, if you're coming into a campaign with players that like to come up with these in-character and otherwise acceptable innovative solutions to problems that you may not have thought of right away, don't dismiss them out of hand. One of the common things that I've seen D &D, uh, Dungeon Masters as well as Game Masters in other games do is rather than just accept that, hey, this character and player have come up with a great solution that is in character for them and makes sense in the world that they're in, but I don't want them getting through that door so easily. So I'm going to make all doors from here on out have the hinges on the inside. That just kind of punishes your players for being creative, which I hope is not the kind of table you want to run. Now, if that is the table that you want to run, that's fine as long as your players are on board with it. But if your players really want to come up with these creative solutions, then maybe re-examine why you don't want them to go in. Is it possible that you just haven't come up with another obstacle that you want to put in their way to slow them down? Because if that's the case, I gotta say, nerfing their innovative or creative solutions is not the way to slow players down. Give them new ones. It may be a bit of work, but give them something that they may have never seen before. Hide a trap door under a rug instead of it's a locked door that you can't get through. The trap door just happens to be under the rug or under a piece of furniture, and it may be more of an an insight or perception check to notice it rather than just dexterity to open a locked door. Now, that's just some ways of doing it. And again, it's not about putting more obstacles in their path to slow them down. It's about giving them new challenges, something that's a bit different. These guys could open doors till the cows come home. They know how to pick locks, slam them open, and the other guy can pop them off their hinges if that doesn't work. So they can get through anything. Great. Uh, give them stuff like, hey, it's a house door. You open it up, you're in a closet, and there doesn't seem to be another way out. Make it into puzzles. Make the criminals know that these are innovative solutions or these are solutions that adventurers have been using. Make the opposition just as smart. And that will bring your characters more into play because, hey, they, they know the easy solution, which means that this one's more interesting. We can come up with something else that's creative. And I feel like that is a very, very fine line to walk in many of these games. It's about letting the characters and letting the players be creative within the bounds of what is expected of their character, but not necessarily making that make things easier. 
Because again, just because they can figure it out doesn't mean that nobody else can either. A, a thief is going to be able to have a other way that, you know, he, he's going to know that somebody's going to be able to pick that lock because he can pick it. So, of course, he's going to have another way of hiding things, another thing that's in the way. Rather than just a lock on a chest, he knows, you know what? That's not good. I need to, like, add a trap. I need to hide this. I need to put this somewhere that people just won't look. People won't be aware of it. A lock is not good protection. I can break through this lock like anything else. Maybe that thief doesn't even use locks. He just hides things really well because to him, locks are pointless. He can get through any of them real quick. But by contrast, a super brawny warrior soldier or barbarian or something like that, some guy that is not good at picking locks, would put a lot of trust in a strong lock. If you can't break it, it's secure. So rather than, you know, getting in the way of your characters, think more about what the opposition would do. Have the, have the players gone through everything by just popping hinges off the doors? All right, that's cool. Maybe they explicitly do look for a... Uh, home with only inward swinging doors, but that's not likely to exist. So, hey, the door's open. You don't need to pop hinges. But good luck finding the hidden door inside of the wall, and good luck finding the torch, because we've all got dark vision and we know that you don't. That kind of thing. Make the opposition just as smart and just as creative in response to how the players are being creative. That's my big suggestion on walking this line. Now, as a player, how do you actually keep it in line with what your character would do? That's really tough for a lot of people, and I get it. Sometimes you're playing a character that just isn't like you personally. Maybe you're a really logical person, and you're playing a low intelligence or just kind of not all there character. That makes sense. You'd struggle with that. You'd want, you'd see the logical solution and want to take that. But it's important to not because your character wouldn't. So think on what your character would actually do. And if you may not know the logical solution, that's fine. If your character, if you think that your character would know a logical solution around it, speak with your DM or your GM. A good storyteller, a good game master would be able to help you through. I know for a fact that I've got players in some of my games that may just not be the best at the kind of riddle that I throw at them sometimes, but their character would understand it. And so I have them roll rather than try to figure it out themselves, which works out really well. And it goes in the reverse. You know, I, I wouldn't expect the non-logic puzzling, you know, 
whatever to figure out the puzzle itself. And so I, I'd ask them, okay, well, well, you you figured this out, sure, but has your character truly figured it out? And it's played out pretty well. Um, at times, you do have to take your characters or your players aside and inform them. You know, like your character has an intelligence score of eight. I don't know that they'd understand a code written with the Fibonacci sequence in some bizarre backwards code system or whatever. They just, they wouldn't get that. They're not even literate. So I know that you know the answer to the puzzle and I know that it can be frustrating, but try to stay in character, try to let the others get a chance at it. And if it still fails, then we can work with this. And I get it, you know, it can be frustrating staying in character and failing a puzzle. But at the same time, I'm of the opinion that it's more important to have that character build uh, and stick to it until maybe somebody else has given it a try. You know, if it's a logic puzzle and the uh, logic intelligence focused characters just can't get it, but you've got an idea, maybe you've just got inspiration and you you on a whim were just like why don't we just do this this and this i mean it couldn't possibly work and then it does and then it's a funny thing of hey he got it by pure luck that's one way of doing it and i know it can be frustrating as a player to you know not be able to answer or not be able to solve something but it can be really important especially for those people that might not be getting the logic puzzles or be getting the the uh, details like you did. Maybe it's because you've got outside knowledge that they just don't, but their character would have that. And I think that it's very important to give them that chance to figure it out or to roll for it and let their character figure it out just because it matches up a bit better with what they can do. That said, this is also one of the reasons why if you are a big fan of logic puzzles and things like that, I definitely don't recommend playing a low-intelligence character unless you're really willing to commit to it. Because it can be frustrating in things like that when you've got the solution and nobody else has got it, but your character is way more interested in that rock than in figuring anything out. And it can go the same way for DMs of, hey, you know, I, I wish somebody would figure this out, but uh, I, I don't, I am of the opinion that that roleplay aspect is important. But if roleplay is not a big aspect of your game at your table, then, hey, let people do what makes the game fun for them. So if... You want the barbarian to be the one that figures out the logic puzzles? Go for it. If it if it's progressing the game and keeping it fun, that overrules everything. And that includes creativity and innovation. Like if something that a player or a character does that is a creative solution truly would undermine the fun for everybody, which 
can happen, even if it is rare, it's okay to get a little bit more in the way. Now, that said, I know as a player and from lots of players that I've played with that it's not necessarily fun to have your creativity stifled like that. It is way more fun to have it rewarded, to have something just work, you know? Come up with a solution that people just didn't see or react as your character would and completely throw the story out of kilter. I have had players just, while I was dealing with something, have an aside and decide to overthrow the kingdom that they're currently working for and just taking a big chunk of notes and tossing them aside and saying, all right, let's do this. And ultimately, I feel like that is a big thing. When, when your characters come up with something that is in character for them, and when your players really want to go down a different avenue through a creative solution or through a branching story that you didn't plan that branch or even think of that branch, then, hey, it sounds like that's the direction they want to go, which means that that's how they're going to have fun. And... If you're going to have fun leading it, that's how you make a great table. All right. I hope that you have enjoyed this episode of Running the Table. Uh, we had, hopefully, a great discussion about how to address and walk that line between creativity and metagaming. Uh, and uh, as always, if you've got... Any questions, any suggestions, any stories that you want to share on the air, please, please, please send them to me at rttpodcast at gmail.com or send them to me on Twitter at Running the Table. You can also reach me on Facebook where I am Running the Table. All right, and as always, Thank you for listening, and have fun running your own tables.